You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to another episode of Beside the Badge. My name is Paul Buckner, and I wanted to talk to you today about about developing a relationship between your church and law enforcement. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking to the police officer, and I'm going to be talking to uh, the actual church member, somebody who is a patriotic American who has a church home, a house of worship that they regularly attend, and uh, things that we can do to build relationships that are mutually beneficial. So my own experience, it comes from some humble beginnings, and it's kind of embarrassing to talk about where it came from, but I started off in ministry, and uh, I called it uh, Southwest Missouri Adopt-A-Cop was what I kind of came up with, because I knew there would be a finite reach for what I was doing, and hopefully, God willing, the reach of this podcast goes much farther uh, maybe I can maybe I can ride along, as it were, uh, virtually with a podcast with uh, hundreds or even thousands of officers that would be beyond my reach uh, as a John Q. Public. Uh, last night I rode for several hours with one police officer, enjoyed it a great deal, but that's something I can only do about twice a week. And uh, there's times that I ride for an hour. There's times I'm in the vehicle for six or eight hours. Um, I've ridden on major holidays with officers and uh, taken meals to officers. That's something else we'll talk about uh, on those major holidays. But I definitely came from some humble beginnings with it. My church, small church, I don't think we ever got over 200 people. And um, the it was, it was an area that we're not an anti-law enforcement area, but most people's interactions on the average with a police officer are uh, they get pulled over or the, you know, they get a, they get a, uh, an ordinance violation notification that their lawn needs to be mowed. That's what the average person's relationship with law enforcement is. They see them at the drive-through and we, we had no police officers that attended our church and that wasn't by design. That was just how it was. And I was uh, talking church security with a friend, and he's ahead of me on the journey. And I had been given the reins of our church's security team. I actually was there for its founding. It had some very humble beginnings. Some of you will know my background. I am very proud to be one of the church safety guys. And uh, you got uh, James McGarvey and Mike Scully uh, are the other two church safety guys. We have live broadcasts that we do and a podcast that we do. Uh, and that is. That is one of my biggest passions. And literally, the church safety guys, the only thing that I have done ministry-wise longer than the church safety guys has been my chaplain ministry. And uh, so anyway, I was talking church security, and this guy says, well, why don't you just have some of the police officers that attend your church? Why don't you have them uh, turn around and have them join your security team. They would be great additions. They can they can arrest people if something bad happens, and there's there's different things that they understand. And I said, um, well, I, I don't have anybody in my church that is a police officer. And he's like, nobody? And I'm like, no. And he's like, you, Paul Buckner, the police chaplain, have nobody in your church that is a police officer. And I said, yeah, that does seem kind of funny, doesn't it? I, um, it's not a conscious decision. I just, as I'm ministering, I'm not like, hey, you have to come to my specific church if I'm your chaplain. If you don't have a church home, you have to come to my church. And some of the officers I would ride with getting to my church was not terribly convenient. 
and maybe they're a little bit farther away or hours were tough. And that's one of the biggest things uh, ministry wise that we can do for law enforcement is uh, perhaps setting up a Bible study time, talking to the private citizen now, uh, setting up a Bible study time that those officers can get to. And maybe maybe their chaplain in your area is willing to come in at two o'clock in the morning on a Thursday morning because that's when the most officers in your area can have a Bible study um, because of, of the night shift. And I, I literally had an officer, a good friend of mine, he's like my little brother, he attended church um, with uh, me for the first time Sunday. And I was worshiping with tears in my eyes because he was there next to me. And that's been a long time of coming. He has been working the vampire shift, working late at night uh, for a long, long time. I think it's around five years. And so anyway, I here I am being a chaplain and I didn't have anybody that was going to my church who was a police officer. And my pastor around about the same time started to kind of give me a hard time about it. Um, and, uh, my pastor and I were very good friends for about 21 years and we lost him quite suddenly. And so I was at this church with about 200 members and it was one of those things that, um, I started thinking about, they needed food and I would be, uh, we did dinners on Sunday nights and we did dinners on Wednesday nights and we fed some folks in the area. It was an outreach opportunity. There were some young kids that their parents either, either by, um, either by poverty or by neglect, weren't getting enough food to their kids. And there's some drug issues and different things like that. And so we had kids come in and off the street that whether they were bussed in or they were, uh, or they uh, got themselves there, they needed, they needed food. And uh, very much like the Sermon on the Mount, very much like the feeding of the 5,000, um, the physical needs got taken care of, and the kids were then very interested in learning more about Jesus. And so I began to reach out, realizing that in our little small town area, these little towns, a lot of the restaurants close. And, you know, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, these restaurants are closed. And unless it's convenience store food, and in some of these rural areas, the convenience stores close at night, uh, you don't have any food. You got to bring food with you or whatever. And sometimes you just get tired of eating out of a bag. You don't want to eat fast food. You don't want to eat a sack lunch you brought with you. And so our ladies were amazing cooks. They could cook just, you know, amazing stuff. And so I began to send a picture of a prepared plate to these different officers. And I knew quite a few of them that were on duty. And it's hard to keep up with who's on duty in five or six towns around a county. Uh, but I was able to kind of keep tabs and I'd send them a, a picture and it got to the point that they would stop by and I'd be like, come on in, make a plate. Some of them would stop by and just be like, Hey, can you hand me a to go tray or something? I got to go. And if they were from farther away, which I totally understood if your town is eight or 10 minutes away, a lot of the city councils understand, Hey, you know, you, you might have to leave town to get fuel because the, the gas pumps might be closed down at night or something. They know that you might have to leave your jurisdiction and come back. And maybe your town's four minutes away or eight minutes away. No big deal. But they really couldn't stay and sit down and have a dinner. They had to get back to their jurisdiction. So I'd bring them a to-go tray. And then I started inviting officers in as well. And they would come in. And, you know, it just it was one of these things that kind of happened organically. And I began to say, hey, come on in. Enjoy some of this food with us. And at first, it wasn't, again, that we were anti-cop. But people were used to perceiving that authority figure and being like, uh-oh, somebody's in trouble. Uh, why are the cops here? And I'd have people come up and say, you know, Paul, why are the cops here? 
there's there's two police officers in the in the fellowship hall. Yeah, they're getting dinner, and I would walk them through. And I really wanted I really wanted a very safe church, and I, I not only wanted them on my on my security team, which I'm actually much more fond of calling it a safety team than a security team, because to me, church security is so much more than just church security. It's church safety, a lot of medical, a lot of preventative things, and so. Uh, I would walk with them and, and kind of keep them company as they went through. A lot of times the officers were were uncomfortable. They didn't necessarily know everybody. And we went through we went through several iterations of this, almost like, um, I don't know, almost like coming out of a cocoon. And at first people were kind of freaked out and really didn't know what to say or think. And I would just talk to the guys and kind of keep them company. And then then you got the, the I didn't do it. You know, I didn't do it. She didn't take her. Hey, officer, would you take my children? They've been bad. You know, well, I sure wish I could be a cop and just stand around. We got some of that nonsense, and I would kind of gently scold the person that said it or kind of raise an eyebrow. And people just don't know sometimes how to interact with a police officer. We have to remember that is a person too. Most of them. I've met a couple of cops over the years that I'm not sure that they're human, but most most police officers are human beings. And so I would go through the line with them. And a lot of times they'd get it to go and then directly they'd sit down. And I'd, I'd have a, an area set aside, you know, in amongst everyone else. And then pretty soon people had struck up conversations and I began to say, hey, guys, let's, you know, talk to them, say hi. Uh, you know, his name's Mike and his name's Bill or whatever. And those are made up names. But I'd be like, hey, you know, check this out. And then pretty soon officers were inviting their friends from other jurisdictions or saying, hey, can I take it to go, Trey? This guy's too far away, but I can meet him at the edge of my jurisdiction. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking spaghetti. We're talking, you know, spaghetti and meatballs. We're talking, um, you know, garlic bread. We're talking like some pretty good, you know, some, some pretty good comfort food. And so we're having great conversations and we're in, and, and we kind of went through another iteration where people would, would come up and people just, they have questions and they don't really know how to ask them and they mean well, but every police officer has gotten those questions and people just mean, well, I've even asked them when I was younger and didn't know law enforcement the way I do. And people don't know where to get answers sometimes. And they just assume that that police officer is going to know every single law. And we forget that even lawyers, even lawyers have stacks of, of legal books and those laws change every year. And it's not really up to the officer to interpret the law so much as enforce it. It's really up to the lawyers uh, and the court system to actually do the interpretation. So I'm going to take a coffee sip break. Ah, that is my favorite. That is cup of Joe from Got Your Six Coffee sipped from my mug, which makes it even more delicious. So we we begin to get some dumb questions and people would be like what and, and they meant well i don't mean any disrespect to anyone that was asking the questions i still see those happen on the regular when law officers are out in public but you know so so if i'm driving and it's 73 degrees and it's a tuesday afternoon about four o'clock and there's a wind blowing from the east i mean people would just ask these questions and you see the officer going i don't i don't understand huh you know and it is kind of the bane of an officer's existence. They get them off duty. They get them. They get the questions all the time. And it's part of being a public servant. Um, again, I've even been one of the guys that's asked them at times. Um, the interesting thing is over time to have young officers come to me and say, hey, what do you think of this? Or what are your thoughts on this? And 
uh, be able to take them to the law and show them things and say, well, this is this or this is that. And I'm very honored to do so. It's part of what I love about being able to mentor the men and women that put on a badge every day to take care of us. So then it got to the point that people would come up and be like, hey, Bill, hey, Mike, come sit with my wife and I. And it became this thing where people would walk up, they'd shake their hand, they'd give them a fist bump, they'd laugh and joke with them. And we start, we began to get these very regular patrols of our church parking lot. And I would talk to different officers about that. And, you know, one of the things that, that a lot of churches will appreciate is all, during service times, if an officer will do a roll through. And then, then it became this thing where more and more of my, as my friendships grew and deepened, officers would pull through for prayer and they'd pull into the parking lot and I would be, I would be inside uh, the church, uh, or I would be watching the flock on the outside, just outside the door, keeping an eye on things. And they would stop and they, they, a lot of times they'd get out and at first you'd get weird looks from people. And then it became more and more comfortable. And at first it was really Paul's ministry. And then it began to become my pastor really began to champion it. And that's one of the biggest things you need in your church is your pastor or pastors to, to champion something. And so it began to be something that my leadership got more and more behind. They got more and more excited about. They began to see the value. We would have Sunday dinners or Wednesday night dinners where sometimes there were two, three, four police cruisers that pulled up and law enforcement has to eat somewhere. Um, it's one of the things that surprises me about the attitude of some people is um, they act like a police officer is not allowed to stop and have a 15 minute break. They act like a police officer is not allowed to smoke a cigarette or uh, they act like a police officer shouldn't be having dinner. And a lot of that is because the only places they actually see an officer is either sitting on the side of the road running traffic or standing outside of their vehicle. You know, they drive by the police station and they see a police officer smoking a cigarette and the, the mental thought is, well, that's just a lazy cop. I mean, the only thing I ever see him do is smoke a cigarette. Well, you know, maybe maybe I should assume the only thing you do is drive around in your car because that's the only time I see you, neighbor. And, but it's just, it's kind of a thing that people fall into and they forget the fact that the guy is probably really sore from the fight he got in last night with the guy that had beat his girlfriend up and refused to go to jail. Um, the kind of person that most of us would go, yeah, that guy needs to go to jail. So the, the relationships continued to build and I was getting calls from police officers saying, hey, pray for me, pray for us, my family, please pray for this, that or the other. Uh, we're going to serve a warrant and headed into this house. Please pray. Um, I got uh, calls from officers saying I am responding to a shooting. I am responding to a high speed chase. Please pray for safety. And so we, we began to invite officers more and more and more frequently, not only to come to meals, but to attend church. And I was very honored. One of the local chiefs in my area began to attend uh, our church and with his family, great family, great people, got to know me, got to know our pastor. And in spite of that, he still decided to come to our church. That's a joke. But he did. He, he and his family decided to come to our church and became a very dear friends to many of us in the church. And uh, I love those guys. But actually, at one point, it was quite interesting. We had a guy who had turned his life around from dealing drugs. And that can be a really, between using and dealing, can be a really hard life to get away from. And uh, this police chief had actually chased him at times, you know, with the, you know, the intent of catching him, had, had pursued him to get him caught, build a case against him and get him arrested and put away. 
and they actually developed a friendly relationship. You know, the, the chief was, was a believer and he's like, Hey, you know, I mean, I understand that people make mistakes and here's a guy trying to fix his life. I don't have a problem with that. So there was a lot of things like that, that were really, really cool that I loved seeing. So we're going to take a quick sponsor break and then we're to come back and talk more directly about how we built relationships in my church with law enforcement and what those blessings were for everybody involved, law enforcement and for our church body. So first off, I want to talk about John Leo Riley with Gentle Response. De-escalation training is an incredible thing. And it is incredibly important to law enforcement. You win 100% of the fights that you uh, don't have to fight. Uh, Taser is an incredible tool, but nothing compared to the ability to de-escalate our body language, how we present ourselves, our attitude, and what and how we say it. So check out on the social medias, check out Gentle Response, John Lee O'Reilly. He drops a lot of truth, a lot of gold nuggets. And uh, secondly, got your six coffee. And I'm going to have to sip as I say this. My buddy, Eric Hadley. And again, one of these days I will have him on the show. Uh, possibly even before then, I will talk about how I met him. He has a mission. He is a man with a mission and he is driven. He is a military veteran and uh, he... His goal is service to those who serve. He has this incredible desire and burden to use... Um, coffee and it's award-winning coffee to change the lives of those who put on a badge or a uniform and protect us every day. So I love his coffee past what it costs to uh, keep the doors open and keep his family fed. He gives away the net profits to law enforcement and veteran causes, EMT, paramedic, and firefighter causes. And I love that. I have known him for several years now and I've seen his mission and I have seen the lives it has impacted and changed for the better. And then thirdly, my friend Matt Combs with Shield Force International, by the way, go check out Got Your Six Coffee. Follow them on the social medias. Make a comment that you saw and heard about them on the Beside the Badge podcast. Do the same thing for John Lee O'Reilly, if you would, please. Uh, they are great people and well worth the time. Same thing for Shield Force International with Matt Combs. Matt Combs has an incredible, an incredible background uh, in training certifications. He is incredibly skilled. It doesn't matter if it's knife defense, hand-to-hand -hand skills. Uh, it does not matter. Uh, one of the biggest things that is pertinent to this podcast is he teaches a, a series of survive the ambush and related classes for law enforcement. And I don't think there's ever been a time in our history that those have been more important. So do me a personal favor and go over and check him out on the social medias, like and follow and share. And if you have the opportunity to go to one of his classes or have him come and teach your department, you want to do that. Trust me, I've taken probably close to half of what he trains, I, uh, his available classes, uh, and that's nowhere near the limit of what he knows. So back to the podcast. So we invited the police officers into our church to uh, enjoy meals. And we invited them to sit in our parking lot during services and outside of services. We were having some problems with some break-ins. We had a couple of guys on our uh, in our area that were uh, strung out on methamphetamine. We had tried our best to minister to them. Uh, rather than let us help them, they wanted to come into the church after hours and help themselves. And so we were really having to batten down the hatches at the church and really increase the security. Things were things were missing. A lot of times they were coming in and, and taking food, uh, really when we would have been happy to give it to them. 
And so we began to have uh, invite officers to sit in the parking lot and do their paperwork. And it was really neat because uh, it began to help us with some of those break-in problems. And then I got to talking about to law enforcement and active shooter training. There'd be a shooting somewhere at a church. There'd be a shooting somewhere at a school or whatever, at an office building. And police officers need places to do active shooter training. So I began to talk to our local law enforcement and say, hey, I'm not going to try to teach it, but do you guys want to come out? And do you want to conduct some active shooter drills? We would like, and I, I was working with my security team and saying, hey, this is what this is going to look like. This is what a police response is going to look like. This is what, um, you know, expect to be handcuffed, expect to be detained. Not every police officer is going to know you. And it built these incredible relationships between our law enforcement in our church and our uh, and our security team, as well as just members at random. So we're talking like sometimes 9.30, 10.30 at night, the night shift officers would come out with the blessing of their respective uh, their respective chiefs. Uh, and they would do a mutual aid response to a church shooting. And uh, many times I got to be the bad guy and I got to shoot my law enforcement buddies, which I'm a bit ornery and I enjoy that immensely. Uh, and I make a pretty good bad guy. And so we would have a lot of fun with that type of training. And uh, sometimes I had to clean uh, uh, fixed ding marks that were in the drywall. Um, we ended up getting some airsoft guns that weren't putting ding marks in the drywall that helped. But late at night, it was a great opportunity. And people would drive by and they would see, you know, five, six, seven, eight police cars pulled up in the church parking lot. And then... Uh, I did a lot of maintenance at my last church, and so I was there at all kinds of hours doing painting, fixing holes in drywall that Airsoft had caused, um, doing different things like that. We made sure that that was a very short-lived thing. There only ended up being two or three holes in the drywall, and we fixed those. But I would be down there working, and law enforcement would go by on the way to a call or whatever. Sometimes they'd stop in, shoot me a text, or call me and say, hey, what's going on? And I'd invite them in, and they'd walk through with me and see what I was doing currently. Well, what ended up happening was um, they knew they could stop by and say hi and have somebody to talk to, whether it was just to, to take that 15 minute break and they haven't they hadn't sat down for, you know, for eight hours, their 12 hour shift. They hadn't had a moment's rest or uh, they, they just they had something on their heart that they they were dealing with at home or whatever. I love these guys and they know it. And uh, one particular funny story, young police officer, great guy, uh, also like a brother to me. Uh, he's coming back from a call and I get a call while I'm doing maintenance. And I, I don't know if I was painting something or fixing a hole in drywall. I don't know what I was doing, but I was down there working at the church and he comes by and he says, or he, he's driving and he, he calls me and he says, Hey, are you still at the church? And I said, yeah. And he said, um, I'm code Brown, which means I have to go to the bathroom really, really bad. And he says, I am, I'm coming in hot to your position. I don't think I'm going to make it back to the station. And I said, okay. He's like, I need you to open every door from the parking lot to the bathroom for me. And so we're coming, you know, I, I rush out there and get all the doors open and everything. And he comes in and he's literally shucking gear. And if you, law enforcement's going to understand this, but they have these belt keepers and they go around their duty belt and affix and affix their duty belt to a belt underneath it. And getting out of that in a hurry to go to the bathroom can be problematic. And so he's rushing, rushing in the door, belt keepers are flying and he ends up rushing into the stall. And, and, you know, I hear, an oh, thank God from inside of there. And, and life was good. Well, I tell you that story for a couple of reasons. One, 
making sure that law enforcement knows that your church is open and available, that you've got a clean stall. A lot of times churches have bathrooms off to one side that are maybe a private stall, a private bathroom, uh, in the sense that there, it's not a, it's, it's just, it's just a one person use bathroom, not, not for, uh, multiple stalls and what have you. This can be problematic for an officer, public restrooms. It's kind of hard to find a place to put your gear, that sort of thing. And so we would have officers stop by and they were very thankful to have the use of our clean restrooms. Um, so to the private citizens, I say, if you are somewhere and a police officer is doing a call uh, at your house or at your business, it would actually be very nice of you to offer and say, hey, before you guys leave, if you guys need to use the restroom, uh, please feel free. Um, because a lot of times the locations that will let a police officer use the restroom are not terribly many. And it, there's a lot of gear. If you, if you actually saw the stuff that a police officer carries uh, on their body, this is why a lot of them have back pain. And so uh, it's, it's a lot of gear, let's just say. So we begin to build these relationships. And I had people start coming up to me saying, hey, Paul, I think this is really neat. I'm starting to realize, hey, we've probably got the safest church in town. And there was an altercation where I backed our local law enforcement and there were three officers involved in it dealing with uh, some guys that were high on methamphetamine and we had to fight one of them. He came at the chief and it was just, it was just a mess. Well, when that happened, uh, the law enforcement officers uh, that knew us, it really exploded my ministry because knowing that someone has your back and knowing that someone will fight to protect you is part of the brotherhood that is in the military or in law enforcement. And it really blew my ministry wide open. Well, there was a, there was an interesting evening. The, the, the chief of the town had gotten a hold of me and he's like, Hey, we're wanting to hold a law enforcement dinner. Uh, and we want to hold it at your church. Would you be there to pray? And we want you to pray and be there for the the service and our not really service, but our our event. And we want to use your fellowship hall. And I said, Yeah, sure, okay. And so um, I well, first off, I, I had to get approval from the board, but I I said, Yeah, let me let me see what I can do. So I went to the board and talked to the board, and they're like, Yep, go for it. Uh, they said we're not going to be there. It's going to be your show. Open it up, close it down. And, but you have to be there for the whole thing. And I'm like, absolutely. And they're like, and it's conditional. You have to open in prayer, which was awesome because that's exactly what law enforcement wanted. And I'm like, sure, no problem. This is perfect. And so at that moment, I went ahead and, and we held this event. Well, uh, it was a banquet. They handed out some awards and different things after, uh, not so much after, but a little over halfway through it, several of the officers stepped out to smoke a cigarette. And there's four or five of them. You have to picture they're standing on a landing at the top of a ramp and a set of stairs. And as they're standing there, they're smoking cigarette. I step out to say something to them. And one of our local drug addicts that had been breaking into the church that had been causing massive amount of problems. He'd been arrested on campus. He, he had actually, his brother had lunged at me out of the darkness one night when I was locking things up. And we just about had a problem. He decided he didn't want to get shot. Uh, but he uh, was actually running from the police and actually thought I was a cop, ended up he had beaten the man so severely, and that's why he was wanted, that the guy had to drink out of a straw and uh, had to eat out of a straw. And so we had had some major problems, suffice it to say, with this man and his brother. And uh, this man was walking by high as a kite, constantly trespassing on our property, 
And he looks up and he sees four or five cops and their chaplain standing there. And I just had happened to glance over and see him. And he started skittering sideways. And some people call that the tweaker dance. And he just like <laughs> starts skittering sideways. And you could tell the look on his face was like, that's a cop church. And a bunch of these officers that are standing there, they smile at him and, you know, they take a, a puff off their cigarette. And they're like, what's up? And he's like, hi. And he just keeps on going. It solved a lot of our break-in problems. I can tell you, if you have people that are causing problems in your neighborhood that don't, if you're in, if you're part of a church and they, you are really struggling to get that handled, a presence, a law enforcement presence in the parking lot can be amazing. Um, I have had other incidents where I was able to make a call um, and law enforcement showed up and I'm like, you know, um, this is a very minor thing compared to, I mean, it's not an emergency, but I do have a security concern. We had a, a funeral that there were some security concerns that there might've been some bad blood. And fortunately there was nothing, uh, nothing actually happened, but there might've been some bad blood uh, at the funeral. And so we had a law enforcement presence. Um, we uh, had several incidents. We had some people come in that were very, uh, without giving away too many details, they were, they were very, very potentially capable of causing a problem and uh, might've been casing the church. And so we've made sure that our security presence was extremely overt, uh, very obvious. And then uh, I had a police officer join me in the parking lot uh, at request and something that his chief was okay with, nothing else was going on. And so as these people emerged from the church and we helped them, we we uh, definitely fellowshiped with them and showed Christ to them, but we also knew there was a pretty good chance that we might be being cased. And so as these people were leaving, they look over and they see a police cruiser in the parking lot. Myself and this police officer are enjoying a cup of coffee, standing there talking. There's a very overt security presence and we never had a problem from these folks. So that stuff happens straight up. That stuff happens. And then then it was just the the fellowship continued and more and more law enforcement were, were talking to our pastor. There were some counseling opportunities, uh, family growing opportunities. Several more uh, police officers began to attend when they could. And our pastor actually extended uh, a, a, an, op, a, an offer, basically. He turned to me and had me give a key to the police department so they could clear the church anytime that they needed to go in uh, because of somebody potentially breaking in. But then in Andor, he turned to them and, and he actually had me give uh, individual officers keys to the church. And he said, hey, if you guys need to use the restroom uh, and you need a private place to do it, because I had explained to him what those needs looked like. And he said, or if you just need something to eat, it's late at night. We've got TV dinners in the, in the freezer. We always keep food here. Um, I would much rather have you guys in the church hanging out than some of these people that keep breaking in as much as we try to help them. So those are opportunities that build relationships and they bless police officers. And here's why, here's why it's important for police officers to see this is as church members, we should be, we should be showing Christ's love to, uh, to police officers, but as law enforcement, so many police officers, especially guys and gals that work nights, they deal they deal with the same people over and over again, the same crowd that are not very nice people. And it's easy to believe that that one or 2% of society is what all society is like. I've literally had people say, Paul, I'm losing faith in humanity. I just, if it wasn't for arresting the same 15 people, I wouldn't have a job. And that's a problem with our court system. That's a problem with our legal system and things that we need to change. But they're like, 
if it wasn't for this, I, I would be dealing with the same, you know, it wouldn't be dealing for the same people all the time. I wouldn't have a job. And then they say things like, I just, everybody lies to me all day long, all night long. All I get are people lying to me. Well, it's because you deal with really bad people. They're people that need Jesus. They're people that need a relationship with the Lord. But these people are, they, they can be mean, they can be evil, they can be awful. And I have seen some of the nastiest, most awful things. I heard about a lady uh, this week that she's got some psychological problems, but she's pretty evil about it. And she literally defecated in her hand and was throwing what she defecated, poop, human feces, at the, at the jailers. And ended up, there were four, I think, deputies that dealt with her and got her under control, but they had her feces on them. That is nasty and can spread disease. These people see the nasty side of humanity that the average person does not see and does not think about. The stuff that is not polite in inner conversation. And having a church home where most of the people in there are not bad people is a blessing. Now I have had police officers go, so I pulled uh, I pulled this guy over the other day that goes to your church and he wasn't very nice to me. Or I've had people turn to me and say, well, your friend pulled me over the other day and gave me a ticket. And I'm like, well, okay, did, were you speeding? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Then that's why you got the ticket. Uh, I did have a guy come to me one time and try to fix a ticket uh, and try to get me to handle it. I'm like, no, and he wasn't a regular attender, but he thought I might have pulled that I don't. And even if I did, I wouldn't use it that way. That's not how I roll. And um, I, it was it was neat to see the relationships build and it blessed our church and it blessed law enforcement. Uh, and it was a neat thing. Well, fast forward, we lost our pastor and I had started to feel a calling to a different church. And this is a church of more like 1200, not a church of 200. And I loved my small church. Um, I loved the ministry that I had there. I loved the 25 years that I went to that church. And the Lord has brought me to a new church that right off the bat, after I start attending, they are holding first responder thank you um, events that have nothing to do with bad things in the press. A lot of times we wait to say thank you until something bad's happening. And then we're saying, hey, please don't leave. We really need you, which is true, but it's we, you know, the cart is in front of the horse. We really need to be ahead of that and saying, Hey, we need you. We want you. Thank you for what you're doing. And so, whereas I had worked very hard to build a relationship between our local law enforcement and my last church, uh, and I don't begrudge any of that time. And I love everything that happened there. And God did some amazing things with my new church right off the bat. Their heart is, uh, the EMTs, the paramedics, the firefighters, the police officers, the veterans. And I love that. And so actually uh, coming up soon within the next month, my church is going to be doing a law enforcement appreciation uh, uh, event and uh, really a first responder appreciation event. And I love that. I absolutely love that. And I will be part of the security to make sure that everyone is safe while that is happening. So it's just incredible to watch those relationships build. And I love being part of God's family, loving on our police officers. I might be a little bit fond of these guys and gals. So I'm going to get off of here and I'm going to sip and drink the rest of this cup of coffee. But before I get off of here, I'm going to pray us out. So if you'll pray with me, uh, generally father, I thank you for today. I thank you for everyone who is listening to this, uh, to this podcast. Lord God, I lift it 
up to you that you would multiply it loaves and fishes style and get it to the right ears, the men and women that need to hear it, be they in churches, be they in law enforcement. And Lord God, um, I just humbly come before you and I ask for protection over our law enforcement. The things that they see, the job that they have to do is not fun and it takes a toll. Uh, so Lord God, I challenge your people that are hearing this to pray for their brothers and sisters behind the badge. Lord God, I lift up the men and women that put on a uniform every day to protect us. And I ask that you would, as always, supernaturally protect them. The thing that I ask for every time, that you would supernaturally protect every officer who's hearing this, that you would cause the bad guy to stumble if they go to attack that officer, Lord God, and that you would bend the bullets around them and keep them safe. I ask this in your son Jesus' name. So if you are listening to this, two quick things, and I shouldn't have put these at the end of the podcast because fewer people are going to hear them, but... Uh, if you have a patch, get a hold of me through email, uh, message me on Facebook, get a hold of me through Instagram. Let me know that you would like to have your law enforcement patch up here. As long as it's an official patch or something uh, that is not vulgar, because I know that occasionally with that dark sense of humor, uh, law enforcement will have a patch that's a little off color. I would love to put it on your wall. I got another one yesterday, so it's going to be going up shortly. It just didn't make it to this podcast. Uh, and then um, I'd like to know where you listen. Are you listening at night while you drive around? Are you listening to the audio version of the podcast? Are you listening uh, at home when you're catching up and helping your spouse with the laundry and the dishes? Are you listening at those times when you work out in the gym? When and where are you listening to this podcast? I would love to know. It'd be interesting to know. Uh, where you're listening to this podcast. So guys and gals, I will talk to you next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.